Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 16. Here's Pastor Ryan. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 16. Book of Romans, chapter 16. This morning, I wanted to um, go over and elaborate, elaborate more on the verses that I actually went through last week. But uh, so bear with me. It's not that I forgot where we were last week, but I just want to elaborate a little bit more, if you will allow me. Amen. So here in the last chapter of the book of Romans, as you know, Paul is saying his goodbyes to the church at Rome. It's a church he had never gone to, but he wants to go there. He's heard about their spiritual maturity and his letter is filled of amazing Christian doctrine. It's it's. It's one of our best. Uh, but his goal was that they would be a united church. They were such a diverse church, as you could imagine, at the capital there in Rome. Uh, people from all walks of background. And he wanted them to be united and, and to not make one another stumble, but to care for one another in love. And, you know, unity is so important uh, to the Lord concerning his church. He wants us to be united in Christ. He wants us to be united, really, in doctrine as well. And so, you know, it's a good book, and it's a good reminder that we uh, understand God wants us to endeavor to keep the unity of the faith. And so he's saying his goodbyes now in this letter. Uh, we we want to begin in verse 3 as we continue. And again, I know I'm backtracking, but I'd like to share a little bit more about this couple uh, Priscilla and, and Achilla. It says in verse 3, Greet Priscilla and Achilla, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. And so Priscilla and Achilla are dear friends of the Apostle Paul. They helped him along his journey. He met them uh, during his second missionary journey uh, to Corinth. And in Corinth is where he met them. Uh, Achilla was Jewish from a place called Pontus. And he was, him and his wife were from Italy, but they had moved to Corinth because Caesar Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and so they ended up fleeing to Corinth. And so there's anti-Semitism there at the capital with this Caesar, and so they made their way to Corinth. And Paul the Apostle would end up living with them because they were obviously believers, seasoned saints, but also that they, they had the same trade. They were tent makers by occupation. So Paul the Apostle worked uh, using his bare hands to make tents along with them. And so he lived with them and they would have a church in their home. They were also missionaries like Paul. They got around, they traveled. And so when Paul went to Ephesus, 
They went with him and they were there in Ephesus with Paul, but then Paul moved on from Ephesus and they stayed in Ephesus. And guess what? In their house there, they also had a church. And it was there in Ephesus that this couple ran into a young preacher by the name of Apollos, who was a a Jewish man from Alexandria. The Bible says in Acts 18 that he was mighty in scriptures and empowered by the Spirit, and that he would speak uh, uh, boldly in the synagogue there in Ephesus, and that he taught um, or he spoke accurately the things of the Lord. However, not it wasn't complete knowledge. He taught only or he knew only of the baptism of John. And so this couple, Achilla and Priscilla, when they saw that he needed more information about the story, they brought, they took him aside and they made it more accurate the way of God to him. And so we see that they were in Corinth with Paul. They were in Ephesus with Paul and then Apollos. And then according to verse 3, it says, Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. So they end up back in Rome. They do travel, right? And what do they have in their home but another church? And so it's a, they're a wonderful couple that Paul loved uh, very much. And, and it says here that, that they risked their own necks for Paul's life. To whom, not only does he give thanks for that, but all the churches of the Gentiles. So how they risk their lives for Paul, we don't know. But I like the language. They risk their neck for me. And I'm grateful. But not only I, the churches, the Gentile churches are also grateful. It's a beautiful thing to have that written about you in the, gospel, in the, in the word of God. That you risked your neck for the Apostle Paul, or that we would be those who are, would be willing to risk our necks for the body of Christ. I wonder if our faith is that strong this morning, that if we're called to risk our lives for the body of Christ, that we would be more than willing to do so. I know some of you may be thinking, well, however would we ever have to risk our lives? We're here in this warm sanctuary in banning sunny California. The skies look blue to me, Pastor. But the way things have gone the last few years with the government wanting to shut down our churches and then sometimes saying we can go to church, but we just can't sing. And knowing that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but that this is spiritual, Knowing that John the Beloved said that there are there are the, the Antichrist is coming and there are many Antichrists who have come uh, since the Lord and so we are heading to a one-world government. We are heading towards an Antichrist government, and so what I'm saying this morning might may mean more to us today than it did three years ago. I'm pretty sure it does. Amen. Because they may threaten us with uh, closure. And if you don't know, know that we will not close the doors here. Thank you. Amen. All right. So, maybe you'll come visit me in jail. <laughs> Collect God. 
you, know, you broadcast it or something and just in the Bible, LA County or Riverside County, wherever. Who knows? If the Lord should tarry, who knows? But we should all be strengthening our faith to be those that would say to Christ, I'm willing to die for you. And mean it. That's not just macho talk. When Jesus went to the cross, right before he went to the cross and he spoke to the disciples, remember he said, all of you will be made to stumble uh, because of me tonight. And what did Peter say in Matthew 26, 35? He said to him, if, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all of the disciples, if I have to die with you, I will, Lord. And we know what happened. He denied the Lord three times and they all took off running and, and it was a little girl that said, weren't you with them? Weren't you, aren't you one of his? And he said, no. Why did he say no? Because the disciples had to learn a, a great message at the cross and the resurrection of our Lord and the pouring out of his spirit that in the flesh, there's no one that can be um, strong. There is no one that can be courageous. It's only by the Spirit of God that we stand. And that is why in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul would say, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore. How do we stand by the Spirit? As soon as the, the, the Peter was restored and the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, they were so bold, weren't they? They all were willing to die, beginning with Stephen. Speaking of the church at Rome, Nero was about to go crazy, and, and, and the persecution historically upon the church would be so crazy that he would, he would dip Christians in, in wax and use them as candles and feed them to the lions, and all of those things really took place. And they would need the power of the Holy Spirit to say, we're not going to recant our faith. We're not going to deny our Lord. We're not going to shut our churches, especially when you're censoring half of the information that's going out there about these things. The Bible says to test all things, to be wise as serpents and gentle as a dove. You think about serpents, they're hypersensitive, right? Snakes about their surroundings. And yet so many of us, you know, just kind of like, okay, we're being told to not go to church. You know, before the whole pandemic thing happened, I was having a difficult time. Ever since I was uh, behind the pulpit, a pastor, I was having a difficult time getting people to go to church regularly. And some would go once a month or whatever, once in a great while, you know, talking about they love Jesus and like never showing up to church. But anyhow, we had a difficult time. And when this hit, it was almost like perfect for them because they can just watch us on TV and stay home. And, but everyone began to get it together and we made our way to the open churches, amen? Because you can't read this book for so long, you can't pray so long to the Lord before he starts saying, look around. Satan, when he is judged in the book of Revelation, they say, this is he who deceived the nations. So why should the nations tell you the truth? 
I'm not a conspiracy theory, but if I read my Bible, there's a conspiracy from Genesis to Revelation against your soul and mine. I want to be willing to give my life to the Lord. Priscilla and Aquila, they were immensely important to Paul. They helped him. You are immensely important to Jesus Christ, who died for your sins on the cross and who rose from the grave on the third day for your justification. You are extremely important to him. And you're calling upon the body of Christ and within the church. You're so important that he wants to use you to encourage others within the body of Christ, like Aquila and Priscilla did. They housed Paul. They loved on him. They helped feed him. They took care of him while he was with them. And that's what the church is. We help each other out. Lone rangers don't survive in the church. They always get picked off. And if you look at wolves, wolf packs out up in Alaska and how they chase the, the things they chase, the goats and the, the things. And the deer, they always get the stragglers, the ones that are weak and pulling away from the body, from the herd. And it's the same way. We cannot be by ourselves and be okay with God. He made us social creatures to be around one another. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we begin to be less introverted and more open. Amen? Amen. We need each other. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now that's all God, all the time, what he says in that verse. It is so amazing and prophetic that he would add to that verse that much more as you see the day approaching, the day of God's judgment upon this world, because we're getting closer and closer for the rapture of the church and for Jesus to come back with this church afterwards to judge this world, because that's, that's approaching faster and faster, you should get together more, not less. Now, with the truth of that word, now think about what happened the last three years. What is Satan trying to do? Divide and conquer. Another thing I see in this couple is that they were a couple that that loved the Lord together. And I believe that marriage is one of the most beautiful, wonderful things that God has given mankind. But within the church, it's even more better, right? It's for all men marriage, but it's even better for those within the body of Christ. Jesus, when he was asked about divorce, when he was asked about marriage in Matthew 19, he said that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And so God brings two people together and they're one flesh now. And Aquila and Priscilla, they're one flesh, both serving the Lord. And I believe that's the ideal uh, objective for God within a marriage couple for believers, that both of them serve the Lord. That's what they're showing us here. I'm blessed to serve the Lord alongside my wife. And if you have a spouse that's 
not into the Lord or not into serving, and it's just you're the one serving, I commend you that you serve even though the, the spouse who believes or doesn't believe and doesn't serve, that you persevere because the Bible says to persevere. You serve the Lord. You worship the Lord. And let no one stop you from serving the Lord. Not a spouse, not children, not a job, not anything. Serve the Lord. Because you're going to sit at the beam of seat of Christ the moment you die or get raptured. And then you're going to have this wonderful conversation with the Lord. And he's going to just say, not judge you for your sins, but say, let's talk about the things that you did on earth for my glory. So if they're not willing participants, you do it anyway. And make sure you get prayer for them afterwards. I mean, we're up here to pray for you. Mike will be up here. Sue will be up. Let's pray for those spouses that don't want to. But if you don't even, you don't pray while you're here. I mean, you even believe people can change? Of course, prayer changes things. So come up and get prayer. We want to pray for them. Verse uh, 5. Greet uh, my beloved Apennatus, who is the first fruits of Achaia in Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. And I... I like that, that he, he calls them, you know, my fellow prisoners. I mean, they got arrested with Paul for the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? There, there it is. There's more example in scripture. These are folks that are willing to go to prison if need be to get the gospel out. They're not going to stop. You can't stop us because you can't stop the Holy Spirit in us. In the flesh, people have become riddled with weakness because the flesh just wants to eat Cheetos and stay home all day. And that's the good side. It's very perverse, isn't it, the flesh? Lustful thoughts, lustful, you know, covetous thoughts, wicked thoughts. It's all the flesh. Our flesh, our bodies have not been redeemed. You can't tell. Our spirit has, our soul has been redeemed, but not our bodies yet. So we're told to walk in the spirit, that the Holy Spirit fights against the flesh, that we are to walk in the spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But there are many who have become and have allowed themselves to become weak-minded in these days. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Just write it down. Read what Paul says about the marks of the ministry. He tells the church, don't take the grace of God in vain. You know, God poured so much grace on you. He saved you so much. Don't take the grace of God in vain. Do something. Serve him. Jesus said, he who serves me, my father and I will honor. That's what Jesus said. And Paul the Apostle goes on to say, in tribulations, in in distresses, you just list of, of the difficulties of being a Christian and preaching the gospel. He was in, in, uh, beaten with stripes and tumults and, and just, you know his story. Here we are in Banning, California, Southern California, warm, warm uh, a sanctuary. Maybe God ain't telling us to, to, to take a beating right now, but my gosh, is it time to move to Arizona that soon and Texas and Idaho? No, we're here. We're, this is California, west side. 
We're not going anywhere. I'm not. And it, there'll be less judgments on people when they're hauling us away to prison. But look at this wonderful heritage of people who say, take me, I won't recant. Look at China. Look at Iran. They're not, they're not ranking out on the Lord and they're being imprisoned and being killed. We got to live for the Lord. You know, this list of people, they're just all servants. You'll read, we'll read their laborers, their laborers, their labor. They work. You can find something to do here. Age appropriate, like I said in first service, like we're not having the, the glorious, white-haired, older, beautiful saints lifting rocks and weights and stuff here. While the young guys are drinking tea and pointing our fingers what they should lift. It's age appropriate. You know, something you can go to the prayer groups, you can be greeters, you can be ushers. We make exceptions. It's all by what we can do, but do something for the Lord this year. Are you the Lord's prisoner? Has he apprehended you? Or are you on the run still? Are you kicking against the goats like Saul was? Are you on the lamb? Pun intended. Has the lamb of God died for you? So that, I mean, Christ has apprehended me. I'm, I've been arrested. Has he, have you been arrested? Yeah. We go where he goes. We do what he does. We live for him, not ourselves. Greet Amplius, my brother in the Lord, verse 8. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stas, my beloved. Greet Apius, what? <laughs> Approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Uh, greet uh, Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, bad name. Who, good brother, tough name. Who are in the Lord. Greet uh, uh, Tryphona and uh, Tryphosa and who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved uh, Persis who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. It's not that Paul's mother was like friends with his mother. It was that Rufus's mother was like a mother to Paul the Apostle. The Bible teaches us that he takes those who are in solitary and he places them in families. I grew up without a father. He left at birth. He gave me this last name of Hussein, half Hawaiian, half Arabic. He grew up on Oahu. All I knew growing up was that I was Hawaiian. My mom's Mexican, and I grew up in a broken home and ended up joining a gang at 15, grew up in South Almani. When I came to know Jesus Christ at a month before my 24th birthday, I joined a new family. And it's true what he says. I needed a, a mom. He sent me a beautiful older lady named Sue Cass, who was my spiritual mom who her only, 18, her only son, who was 18, died in a car accident two years before she met me. And she was going to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa during the tent days. I worked with her at Caltrans. She became my spiritual mom. 
She paid for me to go to Israel in 2001 with Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. She was just a mom there for me. I met on that trip a, a man who would become my spiritual father, Jerry Brown of U-Turn for Christ and Calvary Chapel, Romoland, and he was my mentor ever since. God takes those who are in solitary and he puts them in families, guys. He knows what you need. He's the God of the fatherless, the God of the widow. We can't take care of those who have no mamas and papas if, if we're not at church because God will send them here if we're going to be good friends to them and encourage them in their faith. This is the place to do it. Amen? Now, Rufus, some say, may be the son of Simon who carried the Lord's cross. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m., and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.